I lay 
we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that. But the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. And think of us. You think of me. Daily. You have a desire to be a part of my life. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We are so glad that you're online with us today, and I just want to let you know that we've been praying for you. We know this is crazy, but God's in control, and we're all battling fear in some way, shape, or form. And so as we get ready to jump into our service here in a few minutes, I just want to remind you that we have hope in the Lord, and we're battling against fear. So check out this video. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today. Lift your voice and sing with us.
get the privilege to sing to the one who saved our soul. Amen. I love that worship and praise of God can travel through a screen and through some cables and, and the internet today. And God is both transcendent and imminent, higher than we can imagine, but also so personal and approachable. And so that's why we sing to him. We get to lift our voice and, and sing praise to a God who sees us, who loves us, but is also maker of the stars. We get to sing. i mm-hmm. 
Thank you for this time that we can just sit wherever we're at and worship your name despite our circumstance, God. That we can praise your name because of who you are, because of who we've seen you be. And I pray that just because one little thing is going on, or maybe a big thing is going on in our life, that we wouldn't abandon our knowledge of you being our healer, being our helper. battling the grave and so we thank you for that and we love you and we praise you in Jesus name everybody said amen hey guys it's so good to be with you today online my name is Luke and along with the rest of the staff here at Crossroads I want to offer you a word of encouragement and comfort during this time Psalm 46 1 says God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble so my encouragement to you is Depend on the Lord's strength and know he is present. Run to him. Spend time with him. So Psalm 46.1, put, put it in your phone, put it in your Bible, mark it, put it on your fridge. It's a great word of encouragement as you watch this live stream. Guys, we have so much happening here at Crossroads, and I want to take a minute to share a few things with you before we hop into the sermon. One is virtual life groups. Now more than ever, we need to be connected. And so a couple things. If you go to the front page of our website, you can see more information about how to join a virtual life group and also how to start a life group. So if you're interested in starting or joining or just even interested in how to connect with other people via Zoom or different video apps, go to our front page of our website, fill out a form, and we'll reach out and share with you how to take that next step. Crossroads Care Packages. Guys, every Friday, all of these non-perishable items that you've been bringing in are going out and impacting people's lives. Thank you so much for continuing to bring in those items. And I just want to encourage you, keep bringing them in because people's lives are being changed. Bring in non-perishable items, put them on the porch or in the lobby, and every Friday they go out. Thank you guys so much. Also, I want to share with you that we have an incredible opportunity Every Wednesday night, we're gathering on Facebook Live, as well as our online church platform, and we're spending time in prayer. It's been such a sweet time to gather with you and, and all those who join, and we've just been walking through the Word of God, and we've just been praying. It's been so incredible. The interaction has been amazing. So every Wednesday at 7 o'clock on Facebook, just join us, and it's just been a wonderful time. Guys, as we continue to move about this season, I just want to encourage you to continue to give. And you can give by going online. You can also give by going, um, putting it in the mail, your offerings and tithes. And you can also bring in your offerings and put it in the lobby in the box on the wall. Thank you so much for giving because we know we give to a mission that is alive and active. It's the mission of Jesus Christ. Everything that I've just mentioned, you can go by on the front page of our website, which is www.crsmin.com. And you can find all this and more. And we just are so thankful for you guys. We're about ready to hop into the sermon and just know we love you and God is with us.
Welcome to Crossroads. I'm so glad that you could join us today. We are one church in many locations. I am thanking God for the ability to come your way today and that we can still gather. I want to encourage you, church. I've been hearing great things, but I want to encourage you to keep contacting and calling each other. Keep checking on each other. I heard of uh, a few people this week going out and getting groceries for other people, people doing grocery runs for the elderly. Uh, There's so many great things that are happening, and I can't wait for us to gather and be able to share them all. But today we're going to continue on in our series entitled Set Free. Right now you're saying, yeah, I need to be set free. I'm in the middle of this pandemic. I, need, I just need to get out of my house. I can't take this anymore. Well, I want to encourage you that, uh, that you have been set free. If you're a Christ follower, he has set you free, not from your house today. Oh, the people of God, they always were under oppression. If you look in the Old Testament, they were under the oppression of Egypt. Look in the New Testament, they were under the oppression of Rome. And so today we are under oppression, if you will. We are under uh, everybody, not just the people of God. We're under the oppression of this virus. God has come to set us free. And now you can understand as the the people in the Bible, they would look at the the oppressions that they were dealing with and they would say, man, I just want to be set free. Well, today we're going to be looking at the Apostle Paul. You know, the Apostle Paul basically says that he was set free from the worst disease ever. And I want you to think about your life today. And if you're a Christ follower, you can, you can say that you've been set free, that you have the antidote. You know, right now, we're hearing so many people talk about the antidote. People are talking about the, the antibiotics. They're talking about the vaccine. What's the cure? Well, there's the, the antidote for the greatest disease ever. Where was when, when God came to take care of my problem and your problem for eternity. We have been set free indeed. And so we're going to pick up here today. Last week, the Apostle Paul started telling us about two different Gospels. He said there was the, the people who believed in faith in Jesus Christ alone. Paul had pervaded that. And he said, I want you to be following Christ plus nothing. And then there were those who came along and said, it is Christ plus, plus all the good works, plus going out to the, uh, to the people and, and doing good deeds, plus following the law, doing the old Jewish customs. And Paul says, listen, no, 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 I want you to know. As a matter of fact, Paul tells us his own life. He gives us some really compelling evidence as to why you should follow the gospel that he's preaching. He's preaching faith in Jesus Christ plus nothing. And he says, I want you to follow that so that you will be set free. And how does he do it? He gives us a few evidence. Paul is like the, the, do you remember the commercial a while back? There was the the fellow who said, you know, uh, I I like these Remington razors so much, I bought the company. Well, that's the Apostle Paul. He says, listen, I have fallen in love with God. God has made such a a change for me, I bought the company. He has made such a big change that I am following him, holding nothing back here. So let's look at the evidence that he gives us. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, he says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. 
So first off, the Apostle Paul says, listen, I did not go find this thing. I didn't go out and make up some form of religion. This wasn't all about me. And listen, there was kind of a rumor going around in that point uh, that, uh, that he was probably trying to dispel. Uh, people were saying that Paul had made up this way of teaching to benefit him. He says, no, 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 no. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. If you go over to the book of Acts, you read Paul's conversion story. How that Paul was on the road to Damascus. He was out against God, and God turned the light on. Literally. Jesus met him on the road to Damascus in a bright light, and and it was the resurrected Lord. And so he continues on here. It was by Jesus Christ. He says, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God, and I tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism. Uh, He says, Listen, I understand all those Jewish laws. I understand it because in Judaism, I was pretty advanced. Look, I was advancing beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. He says, listen, I understand all this law. I've been there. But, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, when he was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might preach among the Gentiles. And he brings it back and says, listen, God did this. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, that's where the other apostles were. That's where the epicenter of Christianity was. He says, I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went into Arabia. He says, I wasn't trained by these people. I went far away. I was in Arabia. Later I went to Damascus. Then after three years, so he said, here's the first time period he gives us here, from his coming to Jesus to become a follower of Jesus, he says, then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, with Peter. And I stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. He says, listen, this is not a lie. It's like the Remington shaver guy. He says, listen, I love this product so much. I own it. And the apostle Paul says, this is no lie. I own it. Then I went to Syria. And and he tells us where he kept traveling. He says, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. He says, they they didn't know who I was. They only had the report. They only heard this report that the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith that he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Then after 14 years, so see the next time frame here. We have three years, now 14. After 14 more years, so 17 years total. After 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. This time with Barnabas. I took Titus also along with me. I went in response uh, to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running 
and had not been running my race in vain. Oh, folks, I want to share with you today, these are some evidences. The Apostle Paul had just gotten done telling us why, that, uh, telling them not to believe the false gospel. He said there's two gospels, faith in Christ alone, plus other people are preaching this faith, plus works. And he says, no, 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 that's not even a gospel. That's not even good news at all. And so I want to share with you, he comes here, he comes along and he gives a few evidences. He says, here's why I want you to believe this. And evidence number one is this. I have met the resurrected Jesus. He says, listen, I did not go and get this on my own. I did not do this on my own, but I have met the resurrected. This wasn't from some other apostle's teaching. This wasn't from tradition. I met Jesus, and I met him alone. There's no other way that you could explain how the number one adversary of Christianity could become the number one ambassador. Like Paul, if you go back and you read it, Paul was, he was brutal. Like he really, he was always against the church. He was, he was stoning people and uh, uh, he would just persecute them. And he was so into what he truly believed about Judaism. And then he met Jesus and it changed his life. That's the only way that you can describe the difference. I went from being the number one adversary to being the number one ambassador, and that is by trusting Jesus. He actually had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Look here at Galatians 1.13. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism. He says, listen, you, you know my story. You've heard me talk about this. You, you know that, uh, that I have a past. And that I intensely persecuted the church of God. I tried to destroy it. And then he says in verse 23, he says, listen, they only had a report of me. Uh, the, the only report that they had was this man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith that he once tried to destroy. Like, like listen, people were blown away by this. And so today I want to I encourage you because the Apostle Paul, uh, he, had a, he had a dramatic conversion experience he came to jesus because he actually encountered him you know folks skeptics all over the place are are questioning why do people follow jesus i think many skeptics have came and thought about the 11 disciples you know the the there were 12 one one was judas he betrayed right so we're down to 11 plus paul and people said how did these people like how did they go out and just just make up this story. And if you think that this is all made up, I want to encourage you, listen, these guys all went out and they all ended up dying martyrs' death. They gave their life. They sold out everything that they had so that they could become a follower of Jesus Christ. And they spread the good news of Jesus Christ all over the place. And as you're thinking about that, you say, man, is this really true? Listen, the Apostle Paul includes this in his story. Because he wants you to see, listen, nobody dies for a lie. Like, if you know it's a lie, you're not going to die for it. You're not going to die for a known lie. These, uh, these disciples, they, they were all martyred. Paul, martyred. Listen, th- these people end up giving their lives. And I want you to think about that today because many people uh, look, at, look at Christianity and say, oh, man, how could I do that? How, how can this stuff even be real? You know, people will die for a lie if you don't know it's a lie. There was the Jonestown 
crisis. You remember years ago, there was a cult, and the leader told them all to drink this Kool-Aid, and they would be fine. 900 people died that day. They believed, but they did not know it was a lie. You see, we have the leaders, the apostles, and Paul. These people gave their life because they actually had met this resurrected God. And I want to invite you today to meet that resurrected God. Like, like, have you had this encounter with Jesus? Do you understand, like, this is not just about knowing head knowledge. This isn't just about understanding that, yes, there is a, a fact. You know, you will not die for something that you know that is a lie. Chuck Colson explains this very well. Chuck Colson says that, uh, you know, and Chuck Colson was one of Richard Nixon's uh, hatchet men, right? During the Watergate scandal and the, uh, the, the, the wiretapping. He and five other guys got together and they had been working together to be Nixon's, uh, Nixon's right-hand man throughout the wiretapping. Uh, throughout the wiretapping. And so five other guys, all of them, they were hardened from the Marines. Hardened veterans from the Marines, from the FBI, and from the CIA. But the wiretapping went south and they got caught. And as soon as, that, as soon as the press broke the story, what happened was these five guys came together and they said they came up with a false story, as Chuck Colson reports. He says that they came up with a false story and they said, listen, when you're questioned, you tell them this story. Colson said this. He says, do you know how long it took for each of us to break under the threat of prison? We started pointing fingers at each other in less than a week. In less than a week, every single one of them cracked. He said that, and Chuck Colson says this. He says, that's with Marines, CIA, FBI agents, and you're going to try to convince me that a bunch of untrained fishermen, blue-collar workers, uh, maintained their story unbroken to the end as each was tortured and executed? No way. You see, Chuck Colson ended up coming to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And here's this, uh, another picture of him later. He uh, was, was, ended up being used greatly of God to help many people find Jesus Christ. But he says, listen, we, we tried the fake story, and in less than a week, when your own life is on the line, you're going to give it up. And that's what ends up happening. I want you to consider, why is, this, why is this evidence so important from the Apostle Paul? He says, listen, I have found the resurrected Lord. I met him. On five separate occasions, he had been, uh, the Apostle Paul had been given 39 lashes. He went uh, with a whip. They had beat him with a whip 39 times on five separate occasions. He was beaten with rods three times, the Scriptures tell us. More than once, he was publicly stoned. And, folks, that doesn't mean getting high, okay? It means that they threw stones at him. They were trying to kill him. Uh, he was shipwrecked, and not once, but three times. Um, what is someone willing to endure? Why would somebody willing to endure that time and time and time again? Listen, people will suffer for what is false, but not willingly suffer for what they know to be false. So the Apostle Paul says, listen... This is not false. I'm not making up a lie. Evidence number two, he says to you. He says that my message perfectly aligns with that of the other apostles. Come to the other apostles, and I want you to catch this. My message perfectly aligns with how the other apostles are teaching. And he says, I didn't come up with this. I didn't say, hey, Peter, James, 
John, how, how are you guys teaching? I want to learn this. No, no, he comes over and he gives them the primary proof. You know, Jesus said this about his own self. Jesus comes to the scriptures and he said, listen, I want you to see because these scriptures are about me. John 5.39, when Jesus was on the earth, he used this as proof to validate his, his message. He went over before the Pharisees and he was in an argument with them. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. He says, listen, let me show you over in Isaiah here where these all points to me. Uh, go over into Luke chapter 24. Look what Jesus said. He said, then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He says, listen, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to show you who I am. Here I am over in Isaiah 53. Here I am over in this passage. Here I am in that passage. And he shows the prophecies. So when the Apostle Paul comes and says, listen, it's been 17 years. 17 years. I wasn't with these guys. I wasn't in their school and learning how to, how to preach like Peter and how to, how to write like John. No, 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 no. I met the resurrected Lord, and he sent me. God sends him on a hiatus for 17 years. And during this hiatus, God is growing him, and God prepared him to be one of the greatest leaders ever. Folks, I want you to think about this right now. You're struggling with the last six weeks. God is preparing you. Like God is working on your heart. I, I pray that God is changing you in the meantime. That you're coming back to God's word. And, and in this moment of waiting, in this moment of overwhelm, overwhelmingness, that, uh, that you would see that God is with you. That God has, uh, God has never left you. He will never forsake you. You know what? Over in Second Peter, look what the apostle said. Peter says this about Paul. He says some of his comments are hard to understand. Like his stuff lined up with the Scriptures so much, but we don't always understand everything. He says they're hard to understand. And, and so don't, don't you be ashamed whenever you're reading the Bible say, I don't understand that. Peter said I have a hard time understanding that. He said those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture. And so here we see again that that uh, Paul was used by God, and, and half the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. And, and so he says, Peter even acknowledges as Scripture. It lined up so perfectly with what the apostles were teaching. He says, Jesus changed my life. The, the, the next thought here today is that Jesus changed my life. He says, I see how God pursued me. I can see it. God has pursued me. And folks, this is, this is a big game changer for you. You will come to Jesus and you will see how God pursues you. Look at this verse here. He says, but when God, verse 15, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace. All of a sudden, he starts to see that God had a plan. God was working and God is the one who came and made this miraculous change. You know, I'm reminded of uh, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis often told his story of the miraculous change in his life. And he wrote the, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. And I love this. In one of the Chronicles of Narnia, in the, in the, uh, the, the voyage of the, of the traitor. And so I want you to catch this here, the dawn voyage of the traitor. I want you to catch this. I'm going to show you this clip in just a second here. It talks about, uh, it, it just shows you, Eustace 
was one of the boys, and he had taken on this, this character of this dragon. And, and in the original, you see that he comes up to him, and, and he wants to get rid of it. And uh, Aslan takes him over to this, to, to this place to wash. And he says, listen, you've got you to get the scales off you before you jump in there. And so as he's trying to get the scales off, he can't do it. And then Aslan yells out to him and says, I have to do it. And then there's a roar. I want you to watch this clip and see the transformation of Eustace. I love it. In, in the original, in the book, Aslan, Aslan is having this conversation. And, uh, and Eustace says, listen, I can't do it, Aslan. And Aslan says, I can. I've got to do this. And he reaches out to peel away the scales. And I love one of the lines there uh, from, from the book. He says that the very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling the skin, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. But when it was done, it was done, and the skin stayed off. Folks, that's what Jesus did for the Apostle Paul. That's what Jesus wants to do for you. He wants you to have this, this, this change. And, and the Apostle Paul says here, listen, this is the change. My life was changed by Jesus Christ. I saw him. I met the resurrected Lord. He changed my life. I see how it was God that pursued me. This was not because of me. This was because of God. Look what God has done. And then he says here, he says, uh, Jesus changed my life. I can see that God was real more, more real to me when I was alone. You know, right now you're alone. Many of us are alone, and I would never tell you to be alone. I, it's not good to be away from church. You know, to, uh, to be separated from our gatherings has not been good. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of good that's happening because you're gathering with me right now online. So I want to encourage you to that. And, and as soon as we open up here, it's going to be a few weeks, I want to encourage you. Let's get back together, and, and as, as you feel comfortable, I want to encourage you to gather. But I'll tell you what, the, here's another evidence. Even when you're alone, God is with you. And that's what, that's what Paul is saying. He says, listen, even when I was alone, God was with me. And many people become followers of Christ for many different reasons. But the apostle Paul, he saw Jesus, and, and he wasn't just on the bandwagon. You know, there's a story from, uh, from one of the Desert Fathers about a young man, a young monk, who, uh, who chased a rabbit. And I'm going to put this up here. I want you to just listen to this story for just a moment. There's a story from the Desert Fathers about a young monk who asked one of the older men of the desert, why is it that so many people come out to the desert to seek God, and yet most of them gave up after a short time and returned to their lives in the city? The old monk told him last evening, my dog saw a rabbit. 
running for cover among the, brush, uh, among the brushes of the desert. And he began to chase the rabbit, barking loudly. Soon after, dogs joined in the chase, barking and running. They ran a great distance and alerted many other dogs. Soon the wilderness was echoing the sounds of the pursuit, but the chase went on into the night. After a while, many of the dogs grew tired and, and dropped out. A few chased the rabbit until the night was nearly spent. By morning, only my dog continued to hunt. Do you understand, the old man said. Do you understand what I have told you? No, replied the young monk. Please tell me. Tell me, Father. And the older man says, it is simple. My dog saw the rabbit. You see the rabbit, and there is no way that you will stop running. Folks, this is what happened. The Apostle Paul says, listen, I have found the resurrected Lord, and I will not stop running. He made the difference in my life. And even though I was 17 years alone, God kept me true to him, even through all that. And in your moment of quietness right now, in your moment of, of running, I, I want to bring you back. Right now, you don't hear the dogs barking, but you do see the rabbit. I, I want to bring you back to Jesus because Jesus is with you. And, and in the moments of the pain that you're experiencing, in the moments that you're overwhelmed, I want to bring you back to Jesus because he did it for the apostle Paul. 17 years on his own, and then God makes him a great leader. What's God doing in your life? What's God doing in my life during this moment? What will our story look like? What will our proof of the gospel look like when we tell our story? Jesus changed my life because God took away the hate and fear. Oh, I love that uh, in, in verse 23. He says that the man, they only heard the report that the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith that he once tried to destroy. Jesus changed my life. He took away my fear. He took away my hate. Paul basically says here, listen, I have been given the antidote. God changed my life, and I want you to have it too. It's the gospel. Folks, that's the invitation to you today. Maybe you've been listening and you're saying, man, Ken, I just need some peace in my life. This whole thing's got my, my world upside down. May I invite you to Jesus because he's the antidote for that peace today. I, I'm, I'm going to throw that last look up there. Jesus changed my life. God took away my hate and fear. You know, that's what God wants to do. He wants to do a radical change in your life. And I think today you may be facing fear. Uh, maybe you've been facing hate. Maybe you've been facing whatever. And I want to invite you to Jesus Jesus Christ came because we could not make it to him on our own. You know, it's just like this virus that we're dealing with today. You can't, you can't help it. You can't change it. You cannot make this virus go away. We need God. And the same is with our eternal condition. You know, my sin has separated me from a holy God. Your sin has separated you from a holy God. And God says, listen, I know you're trying all the antidotes. And so right now people are trying all kinds of antidotes. People are trying the antidote of good works. People are trying the antidote of, uh, uh, of festivals, uh, uh, of uh, just, just traditions right now. And they're trying to pull everything together to get to God on their own. And may I tell you, the Apostle Paul here says, listen, you don't go to God on your own. God comes to you. And not only does he come to you, when he comes to you, he changes your life. And so the Apostle Paul says, listen, my life was changed. And I want to invite you today to that changed life.
I want to challenge you, if, if you haven't had that changed life, to, to start there. But many of you have already had that changed life. And I want to challenge you to be like the Apostle Paul and share it. And I've been thinking about this. Like, what could we do right now? How can we share the, the good news of Jesus? We, we can't even gather at church on the weekends. But I'll tell you what, God is doing a tremendous thing with the online platform. You're watching this today online, and, and you're online probably more hours than you ever thought was possible. So today what I want to encourage you to do is, is to, to share the antidote for the greatest disease ever. The disease of my sin has separated me from God. I want to encourage everyone to take, take their phone and, and, and to make a, a video. You know, you take your, your cell phone and you, you can turn it into selfie mode and just sit there and give a three-minute story. That's, that's all I want to encourage you to do is do a three-minute story. The Apostle Paul shared the good news of, of what God was doing in his life, and I want to encourage you to share the good news of what God has done in your life. Uh, just a three-minute story. Number one, I had a problem, and it was my sin. My sin separated me from God. I, I've got the antidote for it. The antidote was Jesus. I tried all the antidotes that I could. I, I tried to be a good person. I tried to do these other things. But I found out that those don't get me to God. Romans 3.10 says that there is none righteous, no, not one. Uh, we're going to talk next week in Ephesians chapter 2 that there is none righteous. There's no way you can get to God outside of, your own, outside of Him, not your own. You can't get there on your own. You have to come through Jesus. And so, so just share that. Take three minutes and share that. My, my sin problem, the antidote was Jesus. He died on the cross, Romans 5, 8. And, and, and I want you to trust him too. And I want to encourage us. Let's take this and, and, and put them up online. This is the application today. Uh, you're sitting at home and you're, you're wondering, well, what can I do? Listen, you can spread the good news of Jesus more than ever. Uh, your friends will be watching this online. They will be watching you online. They're not going to come to see me online, but they're going to watch you online. If your life has been changed, like you've had a change by God, this is my encouragement. Let's take these little three-minute videos and let's put them out there online and let's see what God will do. But if today you say, Ken, I need my life changed first, would you start there? Let's close in prayer. And if that's you today, I want to invite you to let God change your life. Just pray something like this to him. Dear God, I need set free. I need set free from my sin. You died on the cross and you paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And I invite you into my heart. Right here. Right now. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming in. And for others this morning, maybe you need set free. Set free from worry. Set free from all the woes of this world right now. It's all found in Jesus. Would you lay it at the foot of the cross today? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, if you're a follower of Christ and God's changed your life, would you take the challenge today? Would, 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 you, would you do that? Would you, would you say, I'm going to share my story? Because I'll tell you what, your friends, your family... They're dying to hear it. And God's placed you there. And it's your story. It's not my story. So I want to invite you today. 
make that commitment to share your story this week. God, we ask that you'll be with those that have just prayed right now. They've just trusted you as their Savior. And Lord, for others that are making a commitment to share their antidote, to, to go online in the midst of all this time, and, and they could even title it, The Antidote to the Worst Virus Ever. God, if you would just give them your words to say, how that they, they, uh, they needed a Savior. Their life was empty without you. You came. You died on the cross. That was the antidote. And they received it. You pursued them. And, uh, and you gave them that. They came to new life in Christ. God, be with each one of us as we seek humbly to follow you this week. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us on Crossroads. I'm so glad that you joined us today. I want to encourage you, please stop by our website, hit the online connect card. I want to encourage you to share on there if you trusted Christ. If you prayed with me at the end of the service, would you hit that on there? We have a, a button on there that says, hey, I trusted Jesus today. Uh, would, you pray, would you hit that so that we can pray for you? Uh, and then maybe in just the, the notes box, if you're going to make the video, uh, would you put on there, hey, listen, I, I'm going to make the video that Pastor Ken talked about. Pray for me that God will give me the words. And, and I'll be praying for you. And I'll be praying for the people that will watch it and the people that will hear your story. And let's watch this story of Jesus go viral, way more viral than any virus. It's the story of Jesus. That's what the early church did. That's what the Apostle Paul did. God bless you and have a great day. dark room in silence fuel imagination tonight the stars shine bright and spell my name the winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky i'm drifting off in the deep of the valley your presence surrounds me the crickets sing and trees ring and i want to let you know that river water runs steady flow and it flows free and in control your hand leaves its evidence all on this earth as i lay here and ponder on all creation you made it all
truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that. But the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. And think of us. You think of me. Daily. You have a desire to be a part of my life, and I can't understand why. It's one of those things that's too good to be true, but yet it is. I don't think my job is to understand why. I think all that I'm supposed to do.